Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio. This is Hush Money, a show about all the money subjects you're too uncomfortable to talk about. But we're not. I'm Nicole Lappin, money expert and author of the books Rich Bitch and Boss Bitch. And I'm Jason Pfeiffer, editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And we believe if you don't talk about money, you're never going to make any of it. So let's start talking. Each episode, Nicole and I will debate a tricky question about money and then bring in a celebrity judge to decide who's right. So let's get uncomfortable. Hey, Nicole. Okay. I want to show you this story from the New York Post. Here we go. I just loaded it up on my laptop. Uh Oh my God, I love that picture. Tell me what you say. Okay. So the headline is, help, my millennial kid won't move out. And there's a photo of a dad trying to kick his son out of the house, I'm assuming. And the son is like, hell no, and looking super smug. Right. The son is 29 and hasn't moved out of his house. You know what I don't understand? Why do people submit themselves to looking like fools in the tabloids. It's such a weird thing. I mean, I get it for the dad. Maybe it was a cry for help. Like, the only thing that will get my kid out of the house is maybe public shaming? Right, right. People always equate millennials living at home or millennials living off of their parents' money as, like, some kind of fatal flaw of a generation. But, Nicole, I want to take you beyond the headlines and into something a lot more real. When things stop getting polite and start getting real? Exactly. This is the real, real world. So let me tell you about a guy named Rich Cardona. He is not the guy in in the photo of the New York Post. He's a Marine vet. He's in his late 30s who'd landed a high-paying corporate job and just hated it. He was miserable, working long hours, not able to see his wife and baby daughter, and he finally decided he'd had enough. It was time to quit. I I knew I didn't want to look for another job. Uh, I I was going to be an entrepreneur, and I had absolutely zero plan on how I was going to do it. So that's cool. That sounds like a good plan. Yeah, right. Well, you know, you got to take that first step. And so he and his wife sit down and are like, all right, how are we going to support our family while Rich quits his job and figures out his next move? And they realize that the best way to do it was... Oh, my God, don't say it. ...to move into his wife's no, parents' basement. No, nope, no, nope, hard pass veto. I, I could never. Nope, nope, nope. We, we literally got a whiteboard out, my wife and I, and we did pros and cons. And there was a lot of pros, uh, and some of them were exaggerated, like built-in daycare. Like, not really. Uh, her parents were very active. Uh, I mean, just uh, no rent. That was great. Small town, great. No traffic, cool. I mean, all that sounded really good. There was one major con, and that was just family. Oh, my God, I love it. So the one major con of moving in with your in-laws is... Your in-laws. Yes. (laughs) And things got tense quickly. The rich's wife has a complicated relationship with her parents, which led to a lot of fights. And this whole situation was supposed to be about saving money. But then Rich started thinking maybe he should create a photography business or something. So he starts buying all this expensive equipment and online courses. I I started accruing debt when we were supposed to be crushing our debt. And my wife worked on commission. So that wasn't helping that much because she wasn't bringing much in. Can I just say that this is so common. Being rich is not all about money. It's living a rich, full life. And this dude is not living a rich, full life. Like, he may think he's creating some financial safety net, and then they feel super relaxed, so then they stopped budgeting, and then the exact opposite of what they wanted to do happens. 
Right. Which, of course, means that Rich had to rely even more heavily upon his wife's parents. Rich figured that they'd be living in that basement for two months, but soon it had stretched out to six. And so I asked Rich, like, did you ever get self-conscious living off of your in-laws like that? And he said, yes, no. Oh, my God. I I just stopped caring about what people thought. It, it, It was like I pulled the plug on that part of my personality Um, So I just felt like I could own my truth and that I just didn't care anymore about how old I was or how much I invested in my education. Don't get me wrong. Listen, my parents were like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, something. (laughs) Something. So for what it's worth, Rich feels like it was worth it. They moved out after six months after a big fight with the in-laws made it impossible to stay there any longer. And now his family is living in a nearby apartment and he's starting a new business and he feels like this big life shift was all made possible by the cushion only family could provide. Okay, so? So this is our subject for today. The question is, how old is too old to be living off of your parents or, or to even be taking money from your parents? Because, Nicole... I have a possibly shocking admission to make to you about something that my parents still pay for. Wait, you have to tell me now. I'm going to in the next segment. Because first, here's what we're going to do. We're going to debate this. And then, as we always do, we're going to bring in a celebrity judge to decide who's right. Though in this case, it's judges, plural, because we've got the co-founders of Betches, a media company beloved by millennial women. So they are definitely going to have opinions on this. Oh my God, I love them so much. You ready? Let's do it. Okay, should we start with the yes. shocking admission? Yes, yes. I can't wait. Okay, here it is. I, I don't know. It's probably not that shocking. But as a, as a grown-ass man who makes plenty of money, um, I am still on my family's cell phone plan. Oh, God. So my parents still pay for my what? cell phone. And also, uh, we use my wife's parents' accountant, and my wife's parents pay for that. Oh, my God. I know. And you have two children. You're yes. a grown-ass man. Yes. Or you probably use their Netflix password. I do. Oh, you do? <laughs> But, oh we, my God. but we pay we pay for Hulu. We pay for oh, Hulu. But why do you do, do that? Um, because they offered, and and it's just like, why not? I mean, I could pay for it, right? Like, it's not like I asked them. It's not like I, I was like, can you guys cover my cell phone? But I don't know. I've been on the cell phone plan forever, and my parents don't care. They're happy to keep paying for it, and I don't want to change my phone number. And uh, and I'm not. I'm just like not ashamed enough that my parents are paying for my cell phone. Do you think that this is a bad thing? Well, you're also a parent. Would you pay for your... I'm assuming now this is going to be a continued generational thing. Yeah, I think it are will the be. Are boys going to be on your cell phone plan when Forever? they're 38 years old? Well, I've, I, I, I hope that by the time that they're older, like we've gotten rid of cell phone plans because that's so obnoxious. Sure. But uh, yeah... I mean, you know, I I basically have followed my parents' philosophy on money, and so I I, I guess I Which probably would. Um, I mean, look, we we came from very different family backgrounds. Yes, 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 very very different. I can tell you about that. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we should probably 
explain that because I think that it informs a lot about the way yeah. that we come at this differently. So, um, so I came from I very, very fortunate. I came from a, a t- totally stable family. My dad is a dentist, um, made a comfortable living, uh, you know, not like insane or anything, but totally comfortable living. And my mom, uh, does like ton of volunteer work, but you know, she didn't have like a, there wasn't a secondary income coming in. And my parents' philosophy on money was like, let's support our kids so long as our kids are being responsible. Right. Like, don't spoil them. Don't coddle them. But, you know, we're fortunate to have money and we want to set our kids up for success. And so as long as they are being responsible, we will support them. And then um, and so I feel like my role in that was to like responsibly use that (laughs) to like not take uh, any more than I needed to uh, and to be respectful of my parents and to also take full advantage of what was very, very rare and fortunate. I uh, couldn't stress that enough. Like I realized how totally privileged I was, but this enabled me to feel like I could pursue uh, a career that I was passionate about. Because they paid for your cell phone? No, no, no. Because when I graduated college, they would help out with rent. Oh. Right. And then I would like, and then the I basically admissions like, continue. Yeah. Well, yeah. So and then I like weaned myself, like as I would make more money, uh, they would, con- they would contribute less until I didn't need them. But do you need them now? No. Do you need them to pay yourself? No, no, no. So then why no. do you let them? Uh, because it's a, ve- uh, because it's a vested, I don't think about it. I, I honestly, I just don't think about it. Like it doesn't, it, do- it doesn't feel embarrassing. Uh, I think because I just came from this, I know you're making a face. Well, you obviously think about it because you're bringing it well, up. I'm, that's because we're having a podcast about money. <laughs> I, I don't think I about it every it. day. But when you said, like, to set you up for success, yeah. they're going to support you. But, like, paying for your cell phone right no, now is point, not setting you up for success. Com- correct. I agree. You are successful yes. already. At this point, no. Uh, that was then. That was, like, when they were helping me with rent because I was making $20,000 at a newspaper. Okay. Like, that's that's what that was. right? Like and my, now? Well, and, and now I'm making more than $20,000 and uh, and I don't need them to pay for the cell phone. I don't. But what, but what, so, but what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to say what like. What are their numbers? What's that? What's mama and papa Pfeiffer's number? <laughs> are we calling them right now? <laughs> <laughs> We're recording. Okay. We are recording. Oh yeah. You already heard that. <laughs> Hi dad. Hey, Jason. How are you? Good. Okay. So um, we're recording. We're in a studio. I have my co-host, Nicole, here. Hi, Mr. Pfeiffer. Hey, Nicole. Please call me Roy. So we are having a conversation about how old is too old to take money from your parents. And I have admitted to Nicole that I am still on the Pfeiffer family phone plan and that you still pay my cell phone. Indeed, but you'll probably get cut off after this phone call. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) That's amazing. So, Roy, why do you pay for Jason and... And my sister, Jody. No, I do not. Oh, it's, it's just, just me? the three of us. Oh. Yeah, it's me, me, mom, and you. Oh, Jody's so, on a different phone yeah. plan. Roy, congratulations yeah. on such an awesome, successful son, by the way. Thank you so much. But he is a Thanks grown man who makes a lot of money, and I'm right. super confused why he's still on your cell phone plan. The short answer is um, laziness. But the longer answer is there was five. There was my daughter, my son, Jason, my mom, and my wife and I. We had five on a plan. And each individual line is only 25 bucks. Unfortunately, my mom passed. 
So that's cross up that one. My daughter married and was on her husband's business plan. Cross off that one. And so now it's my wife and I, and um, I'm too lazy to kick Jason out, and I love him too much. So uh, he's on the plan. So it's $25, and uh, um, I think that that's fine. That doesn't break the bank. Yeah, 25 bucks not so bad. Not so bad. And I look like a good guy. <laughs> I look like you a good guy. You are a good guy, Roy. Uh, the only other thing that I do pay is I pay for Jason and Jennifer's additional American Express Platinum card. And that cost what? me... Wait, let's yeah. clarify that. He, I didn't let's know clarify about that. this. That is not a credit card that I use. He had an American Express Platinum card, and he got us cards so that we could go to the lounge at the airport. Like, I'm not using that card. So you're just paying the fee for the card. Yeah, I think it might be $195 for an additional two cards. And I don't. I didn't ask for Jason that. Does, but my you, dad offered that. But you use it. Jason does not even know that. But uh, I thought that the rest of the world should know before. Jason I appreciate knows. that. I think so too, Roy. <laughs> so, uh, and the reason we do that is um, they travel a lot, and they get to use the Amex Centurion lounges, and they are awesome. Isn't it worth it? Oh my god, this is so worth it. But you also don't know that he uses your Netflix account as well, do you? The Netflix, I, I'm not going to comment on. <laughs> okay, here's the biggest question, Roy. Like, do you think Jason has his own children? He has a wife. He has a big, important, fancy job. Don't you think it's time for him to be cut off? Um, yes and no. So, yes, <laughs> oh, the big mm. stuff. No, the little stuff gives us, Barbara and I, my wife Barbara and I, great pleasure. And it costs us extremely little to do that. So why not? You are an awesome father. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks, Dad. And uh, I love you. I well, love you. Th- I love you both now. <laughs> I love oh, you, thanks. Roy. Love you. <laughs> All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks for calling. Bye. Bye. Okay. Can we talk about how cute your dad is? Oh yeah, the best. I can't get over it. The best. My parents are the best. That it's a wonderful so sweet. it's a wonderful family. I know. He's the sweetest guy and ever. See, and see that thing that he said there, that is something that I have really I have totally internalized that because I've heard that from him over and over again that it gives me pleasure. Like, you know, giving you something gives me pleasure and and you know, you are really big into giving gifts and I this is a way that my my parents feel like they're giving me like a a little gift all the time. It's 25 bucks. It's the insignificant money and uh and they're they make them feel good. And and I I I've internalized that. And so I think I would do the same with my my kids. Oh, I love that so much. Listen, I mean, not to get super deep, but my family situation was totally different yeah. than yours. You know, I grew up in a super broken home. Uh, my father died of a drug overdose when I was young. I started, you know, working early on. And I, as you know, hustle a yeah, lot. a lot. And I think part of the reason I do that is because I don't have Roy and I don't have a family's couch to go to. I'm sure you could go to their house. Like if yes. God forbid everything imploded with all the awesome things you're doing and totally you know, whatever, you could go and you could crash at their house. Without question. That's awesome. Yeah. And so. Very fortunate. You know, I never had that. Yeah. And so I think it really motivated me to work harder because like failure wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. 
And so do you feel then that having that access to the money from parents runs the risk of making somebody lazy and not pushing themselves? I think potentially it could. I mean, listen, if Roy was my father and he wanted to pay for my cell phone plan, I would be lying to you if I said that I wouldn't let him. Like, I would kind of love that. Like, I never, I don't have that option. And so I can only come to it from my experience. You know, I think I've seen just on book tours and whatever, a lot of parents who really are super sweet helicopter parents. I think the new thing is like bulldozer parents where they just like plow a path for their child. I think that stuff is terrible. We saw it in the college scandals. Oftentimes parents get into that zone to their own detriment. So as long as Roy... Um, and what's your mom's name? Barbara. Oh, my God. I know. How cute are they? They're great. Roy and Barbara. If Roy and Barbara, like, can afford this, awesome. But I've seen a lot of parents who will save for college before saving for their retirement, which, by the way, I mean, you can pay for college in a lot of ways. You get grants and scholarships and whatnot. You are not helping your kid if you can't afford your own retirement. You end up on their couch when you're right. old. Like, you have to put your oxygen mask on first before helping others. And I think that includes your kids, too. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any stats to help me here? I, I, do. I don't. Wait, no, wait, I do. It is the number two, which is the number of betches available to us. Our celebrity judges. Who's going to bring on the betches? Yay. Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away? Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that. No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, I think about her all the time. Well, it's not too late. You can reach out to that person on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals that you can't find anywhere else, even people who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Okay, looks like it's time for me to shoot my shot. Do it. And I know you may have your heart set on one person, but if you do want to open it up and post a role to a bigger applicant pool, you can do it for free at linkedin.com slash help wanted. And because there are so many professionals on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. So you'll never have a one that got away again. Incredible. That's linkedin.com slash help wanted. Yep. LinkedIn.com slash help wanted. Terms and conditions apply. Happy hiring ever after. In 2011, three college roommates launched an anonymous blog called The Betch List that caught fire, and that was the seed of what today is Betches Media, the news and lifestyle company that reaches millions and that every 18 to 24-year-old woman is obsessed with. They're also the authors of three best-selling books, including most recently, When's Happy Hour, Work Hard So You Can Hardly Work, which really makes them the perfect on-the-ground, in-the-generation arbiters of whether it's okay to be out of college and still on your parents' payroll. And we have two of the three Betches here in the studio with us, Sammy Fishbein and Jordana. Abraham. So first of all, we've brought you here to answer the question that every cranky old newspaper columnist is confident they already have the answer to, which is how old is too old to keep taking money from your parents? 
I say it's circumstantial if you're fortunate enough to have family money available and you have a plan to use it responsibly and help fuel your hard work. I don't think there really is an age limit. Nicole, on the other hand, says free money makes you soft and success comes out of knowing mom and dad don't follow you around with a safety net. So now Nicole and I are here, two grown ass adults looking to you guys for a handout in the form of being declared correct. Who is correct? Sammy, you first. I'm between the two of them, actually. In a lot of circumstances, people do need money. Obviously, you can even debate whether parents should be paying for their kids' college, like if you're taking a different a different perspective. So I do think that it is obviously necessary mm-hmm. to have a plan, but it is good to have support if your parents can afford it. But I also agree that free money does make you soft. Speaking from personal experience and speaking from personal experience of a lot of people I know who the you know, even if your parents say like, oh, we have a plan for you, like it doesn't always really work out that way in practicality. And that I think that it just kind of delays you actually learning how to support yourself. And I think that that can ultimately not only be harmful to your parents whose money you're taking, but to you because it actually puts you, you think that the money puts you in advantage, but I actually think it puts you at a disadvantage in a lot of ways. Jordana, what about you? I think it's about like avoiding the extremes. So if you're like 40 years old and still taking money from your parents, I think you need to reevaluate like your life choices and where and like what if you're dream if you have dreams like is, is are they re- really realistic? Is it possibly going to happen or should you pivot and do something else where you can finally support yourself? Because I think supporting yourself is a big part of people's self-esteem and how they get there. So like you said, like that actually really helps them. I think on the other hand, it's like pay. It's like ensuring your kids have the the um, tools to succeed at least for at sure. a minimum level. Like so, if if you have the means, helping them pay for college or helping them where you can, so that their life is easier but not easy. So I, I had revealed. Let's let's just take this case by case here. I had revealed to Nicole. She was horrified that I am still on my family's cell phone plan. Oh, oh admit and it, guys. Not not are, just that. Are either of you, Jason? Right. I'm also, also on the Netflix plan. Yep. And what else? And also. My dad pays the fee, nothing else, just uh-huh. the fee for a credit card so that I can get into the airport lounge. I I think that's totally fine, though, to be on your parents' cell phone plan or to have them pay for an extra perk that you might be getting. It's almost like I find it odd when people are like taking a stand against doing those things when it makes so much more sense to do that. Like my brother, I'm we're actually on the Betches plan, mm-hmm. so we're not. But my brother, who's 36, is on his dad's plan just because it's so much cheaper incrementally. Yeah. To just be, and it doesn't matter so much to his dad, so he thinks it's like I think it's fine. Is there anything that you guys are current? What are your parents paying for? Is there anything? Um, no, I vacation at my mom's like um, Florida condo. So I consider that some somewhat her yeah, still paying. It's a perk. Yeah. For the, my first three years out of college, my grandfather paid my rent. Or he didn't pay. I lived at home for a while. He was paying for everything there. Mm-hmm. Then when I moved into the city, he paid rent. And I think it, it was definitely helpful because it, it had its its benefits obviously i could get out of out of the house and like grow in that sort of way and it did allow for some independence but i think that it also like delayed my like actual understanding of money and how to support yourself because it, again i think that it's not so bad to get like those extra little perks one like once in a while whenever they are helpful because it's sort of just like a gift think about i think about that as more of like a gift from your parents mm-hmm. rather than being like you're leaning on them consistently and you're waiting for them to bail you out or you're knowing that they would bail you out but i think that there's also like the the hidden thing about this is that money is control for a lot of parents and i think that they think okay well and you see this a lot with people paying parents paying for their kids weddings so you think okay they're helping me all i get is their money but 
there's no such thing as strings free money. Like it just doesn't really exist. So it becomes, okay, well, you never know when the parent's going to be like, well, I just won't pay for you anymore. And then if you've been relying on that the whole time, you're like, okay, well, like you don't know what to do because you've had literally no training. And then they're just pulling the training wheels off and it's just done. But let's say with the example of a wedding or if this applies to your life all the time, that gives them a say in things. So it's like, oh, well, we're paying for it. What are you going to do if we don't pay for it? And I think that that is psychologically damaging for your relationship with your parents, potentially for you, potentially how you deal with your own kids. So I have yeah. a question. When you guys in this for for everyone, when you go out for dinner with your parents, who pays? They always pay. They pay. Yeah. I mean, what about you guys? Honestly, it's half and half. Really? Like or not. I wouldn't say it's half and half. I would say my mom pays more, but I do pay for her sometimes. Hmm. She, yeah. I mean, my mom doesn't work, so she's kind of expecting me. To okay. <laughs> Um, my, I would say my parents pay most of the time. I also have a lot of siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, when I go out for dinner with my dad, he always pays with my mom. She expects us to split it. Um, just as a, because she doesn't tell me what to do anymore. Like you said. Yeah. It's, I think it's revenge. So much, money is never just like dollars. Yeah. It's only, there's always something there with it. And that can be a good thing. It could be like your parents giving a gift or, or teaching you something with that money. I do or feel like mm-hmm. the risk maybe. I feel like there's a moment when that does change though because when I remember going out for dinner with my grandparents and my parents would always pay like for my grandparents so I feel like there is a shift eventually yeah yeah it's interesting I mean so my parents are really into I, I know we got a table full. I think we've got a table full of Jews here, right? Oh, we do. Yeah. <laughs> Mazel. Um, good nachos. My parents are super into good nachos. Love Yiddish so much. <laughs> which, which, how do we even define that? Uh, good, it makes Pride. you feel good. It makes like, you feel good. good. Or... Yeah. They, that's, they're right. like really into that. Like they want to pay. The it's good nachos. Right. To give it. Yeah, right. That see, it doesn't seem like your parents are using their money to manipulate you. No, not at all. No, but, he's so that must sweet. Be nice. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> but there are a lot of parents out there who do not take that attitude, and they take it almost as like, here's the one piece of power I have left over them since they turned eighteen. Okay, you guys did not actually answer the question. Answer the question. So oh. I'm demanding it out of each of you, Sammy. Who's batches. correct? Come on, ladies. I think. You're correct. Yay! <laughs> She's correct. pointing yeah. to the bitch. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I think Jordana. <laughs> I think you're correct. Oh, actually. Right. Yeah. Oh. We have a split. We have you know a split. Yeah. But you know what's funny is that Jordana was off her parents' payroll before I was. Ah. <gasps> which yeah. makes it I Get think it, interesting because I like I think we're each choosing the thing we didn't have. Right. Be- probably because we're like seeing the flaws in what we did have mm-hmm. and wishing for so the grass is always green well, well I, see, yeah i think it depends on your intentions and your child like case that's what i'm saying you're saying case dependent i think it depends on what the what the person is doing with the money and are you there's a difference between helping someone piece together their rent if they need like a little help or paying for them to go on extravagant vacations um and that they don't have to work for i think like one is necessity and one is um really indulgences and i think if you're paying for the indulgences then you're really doing what you said and you're robbing them of or what you said and robbing them of an experience where they can um really find themselves and work really hard but if you're paying for the necessities no one's like i'm not doing anything so i can make the bare minimum of my life yeah well here's my question so let's say you have parents who subsidize like a large amount maybe they subsidize the rent and then the person who's being subsidized is then able to go on vacation to Bali. But they use their quote unquote own money. Mm. You hear this a lot. Right. You're like, oh, well, my parents pay like a third of my rent, but I pay for all my, I pay to go out to brunch. It's like 
you're not right, really you're not making paying any sacrifices out to right. brunch right. Yeah. because you wouldn't have the brunch money if that's you right. had to pay your rent. So I think that there's sort of like, I think that that's a really important like understanding for the person who is being subsidized to have that like they wouldn't be able to have these leisures if it weren't for the fact that their parents were like, like accountably, you know, subsidizing what they have. I I totally agree with that. Like I I am not endorsing going off to Bali because your parents are paying your rent. Like I'm not into that. But that's I, I am usually into... what you see. It's like yes. rarely the like, you know, like your parent. Like it's rarely the person who is being half subsidized and they're like taking no extra luxuries. But also this guy that we talked to was like miserable. And miserable. so I think there's no amount of money you're going to save to take and schlep like your baby and your wife like yeah. into the basement. I also feel like it kind of like with this guy, it sort of depends on like, are you that person who's actually going to make the most of this opportunity? Because mm-hmm. you I'm sure there are people who would say that and. I, I know people like this who just consistently are like, oh, by this time, I'm going to like know what to do and I'll like move out of your house. Like, and it's just sort of like th- that only works if the person can genuinely be trusted to actually like stick to the commitment. Otherwise, I feel like but that takes a lot of self-awareness, obviously. Yeah. And, and the person who isn't actually going to do that is probably not self-aware enough to to know that about themselves. So it really just kind of depends on the circumstance. Right. Sam, I mean, I think you make an important point about separating. Like, what is the thing that is holding you down right now? If it is solely the money, if it's solely making rent and otherwise you have every interest and drive and all the things to get you to the next step and, and just a relief from that debt for a small amount of time could help you achieve then great but most people that's not it it's not just the money it's that it's the motivation it's the idea it's the it's the work ethic and then they're not going to get to that place right and like what kind of dynamics will change in the family that actually make this possible or not possible so like when you have your wife and your kid in the basement of your of your in-laws house like how long do you how well do you get along with those in-laws like how like creative or positive of an environment is that going to be for everybody that it actually works out. Okay, here's my last question. You guys are firmly millennials, correct? Yeah. Millennials get a lot of crap for being the lazy generation that is the, the just the kind of people who will not leave their parents' house and blah, blah, blah. I want to know if you think that this thing that we are talking about is something that is more specific to your generation than others. It is, but I think it's a total myth that millennials are, like, lazy and don't want to get out of their parents' house. Like, that is a total myth. I think the economic factors of this generation are, like, really, really bad. A lot of people entered the workforce in 2008 just after the market crash. I think that the wits becoming a gig economy, there's so many reasons why millennials do not have the work situation of the generation that's calling us lazy and i don't think it's it's a character flaw i actually think millennials are super idealistic they happen to care about things that past generations have not cared about and that gets looked at as like pampered and entitled and lazy that said there are tons of people who are very pampered entitled and lazy but i don't think that it's necessarily like a referendum on the on the generation. I think we also live in a in a generation where you can see everyone else what what they have going on online in a way that no one in previous generations could ever see. So it a lot of people I think get inspired by things that look a lot easier than they actually are. So that leads them to like sort of pursue they feel more entitled I think to pursue things that they 
that they think they could be successful at, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think there's going to be a lot of really positive things that come out of that. But also, mm-hmm. like, on the other hand, you can get people who manifest that in, like, a sort of lazy way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, hello, we're like millennials. We're not taking money for our parents, and you're not, and you are, so. <laughs> That's a good Booyah. point. Just That's a good point. You. That's true. There are lazy, entitled people. Everywhere. Everywhere. That's Every generation. generation. Right. Totally. Absolutely. And there are hardworking people in all, too. Well, Nicole, I feel yes, Jason. good. We walked away today. With a W for each of us? With one Betch endorsement each. <laughs> well, yes. It feels good. It feels great. And you feels know what feels even better? What? that I don't have to pay for my cell phone plan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for coming in and making us both feel good. You're very welcome. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. It's great. So we were both right and we were both wrong. What do you feel like you learned? That in theory... I think you should put your big boy pants on and stop taking Papa Pfeiffer's money. But after talking with him, it warmed my heart to hear just how excited and happy he was to do it. And it really wasn't a big thing. So I've softened. Yeah, there is something to be said. There is absolutely something to be said for just standing here on your own financial feet being out there and saying, you know what, I take full control of me and all of my finances. That does feel good. And, and I have I have robbed myself of that. I haven't been in this family situation. So I'm, I'm curious if I do have kids, what will happen? And I'm assuming at that point, our sides will totally oh, yeah. switch. And you'll be like, boys, you have to learn on your own. And my kids will like just have my credit card all the time. Well, then there's only one thing to do, which is to continue to do this podcast for long enough that you have kids and we can talk about it. Yes. All right. Christina, are you ready to, our producer ready to do this for the next uh, many years? She's not even responding to that. Christina is in. She's She's a lifer. Christina is a ride or die. I just need to get knocked up next. That's my homework (laughs) assignment. So... And that is Hush Money. Hey, are you subscribed to Hush Money wherever you get your podcasts? You should be. And please give us a rating, which helps others find the show. It sure does. And if you want to keep up with us on social, I'm at Nicole Lappin. Jason is at Hey Pfeiffer. And for the podcast specifically, it's at Hush Money Podcast on Instagram. We've got great people to thank. Our amazing producer is Christina Everett. Thanks also to Mangesh, Hatikador, Will Pearson, Beth Ann Macaluso, and Nikki Etor, and the rest of the great iHeart team. Our sound editing is by Mary Duke. And a special thanks to my badass NBG team, Sabrina Anderson, Megan Nelson, and Kate Garrison. Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 